Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Did you uh, did you survive Storm Kira unscathed? I know you survived it because she's sitting in front of me, and I think I would have heard mm. if you hadn't survived. But I mean, did did anything happen? Did yeah. your wheelie bin blow over? Yeah, I put out. Um, I think maybe the night before, somewhat foolishly, I suppose. I put out a bag of recycling by the front door because I couldn't bother to walk it all the way to the recycling bin. Um, and by the morning, it had blown. What are we talking about? Seven metres to the hedge? Ooh. Yeah. What about you? Chaos. That sounds like chaos. Yeah. We'll, we'll come on to it later because when we talk about Patreon, but I was in Annabelle's house the other day and you told me about a neighbour of yours mm. who he he's quite angry with people using the road that goes past the front of his house as a shortcut to the main road. Yeah, yeah. As, as well as a number of other issues mm. that he, he has some rage about mm. and the way he channels his rage is well you told me that he's, he sits outside and spits at people yeah that's his main thing spitting yeah <laughs> but also <laughs> he, he he tapes signs handwritten mm. signs mm. largely handwritten mm. to his his bush in front of his house yeah yeah there is signs he'd like you feel like well if bushes could talk oh they can <laughs> And what are they saying? Oh, they're saying that we're all terrible people and there's a long list of people he hates. I've never seen anything taped to a hedge no, before now. It can't be that easy to tape no, something to a hedge, can quite, it? He's quite a pioneer in yeah. that, that department. I hadn't thought before about how actually it's quite difficult to do it. And I'm quite in now impressed that he does it. Impressed, yeah. 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 And I, I don't think it's sellotape necessarily is a good medium for for which to attach something to a hedge and yet mm. he's persevered with it what all the time you've lived there oh yeah certainly yeah it's quite remarkable mm. no uh, nothing much around here we had a bit of um water coming in through the back door so i need to do something to my guttering oh no how annoying i don't know if i need to go up ladders then once i'm up ladders i don't know what to do with myself i thought i might put some marigolds on i don't know i think you probably need to call to get a man in, in. Yeah. um but now the big thing that happened we had a tree out the front of the house not not ours on the pavement mm. and the storm damaged it so badly they came and cut it down Is that right? and it was a big old tree that looked as if it'd been there 30 oh. or 40 years and i do feel grief for it 
I feel, I feel grief for it. That is sad. Like when my son was little, when I'd be putting him out to bed, oh. we'd go and stand in the front window and, of, of our bedroom and I'd say, good night to the big tree and the medium tree and the little tree. This one was the big tree. Right. And now it's gone. But hey, is there better light in your house now? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I think all, all it does is offer, offers me less privacy. Uh, okay, that's not a good thing. It's not good Seeing for the neighbours when they make a glimpse. Yeah, you like to be naked quite a lot, don't you? I do, I do, but not not when other people can see it. That's mm. not a nice thing for them. <laughs> um, but I've, I've really taken the them cutting this tree down. It's it's affected me in a way that suggests there's something deeper going on. Oh, really? You never watched The Sopranos, did you? No. But I'm thinking sort of Tony Soprano and the ducks in his swimming pool. I think maybe there's some kind of midlife thing about my own mortality or something because I'm taking it far too seriously. You're not going to do a plaque, are you? I mean, plaque. I mean, plaque. I always get that word wrong. Which one is it? Plaque. 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 You're not going to do a plaque, are you? Where the tree, here, yeah, here a tree once for, for I mean, I'll be honest, I don't I never paid it enough attention that I would know what type of tree it was. <laughs> right, okay. I was just aware there was greenery out the bedroom right, window. Okay, okay. The sound of birds singing. Um, that's that. So we survived the storm. What else did I want to mention right here at the beginning of things? Oh, I wanted to mention my latest obsession. Oh, yeah. Which is counting my steps. Oh, have you got a stepometer? Everybody's got a step on, on my phone, including you. On my phone, yes. But I don't always have my phone on me. Like round... so, what is wrong with it? <laughs> no, I mean when I go out, I do obviously. But around the house, it's I let me tell you something. The other, the other day, I noticed I hadn't done my ten thousand steps mm. in a day, so I just walked up and down my living room. Really, for about twenty minutes to get it up to the right number. So you've got to do ten thousand. Okay, so you're obsessed, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Then, so so what? Why, why don't we, by way of a little comparison? Oh, well, yeah, but bear in mind that I don't have mine on me all the time. Yeah, but you have it on you most of the time because it's the 21st century. Quite and a lot do. So where am I going? Health. So there's a, an app called Health, yeah. Right. Have you found it? No, where is it? <laughs> it's, it's a little white square with a red heart in the middle of it. Oh, this is very boring for everyone. No, no, it's good. No, you can it's see... boring because I'm going to spend ages looking for do it. Do you want now. me to help you? Oh, here we go. Extras. I'll put my glasses on. Found it, found it, okay. found it. Can you we know do... you can just do search on your phone and type it in. We'll do. <laughs> right, today. Yeah, today. Uh, steps, 10,246. That's good. All you got to do is above above 10,000. I did it. I mean, I think it's a completely arbitrary number that they invented when they uh, first introduced pedometers in the 70s or something. So, So today I am on... 14,926. Where have you been? You know, here and there. See a man about a dog, as my oh. dad used to say. Well, she'd ask me about pub. Friday, 12, No, 000. no, now what I want you to do, now what I want you to do <laughs> yeah, yeah. is you say it says day, week, month, year. Right. Do year. Year, okay. And it'll give you a daily average across the year. Oh. I don't know if I've got that on my phone. Just give it to me. <laughs> you'll what? Be, you'll be surprised how backward my phone is. Let's have a look here. Oh, you couldn't. No, here we go. All right. Year. So on average. Mm. I'm actually I'm actually genuinely excited. I've got a little buzz in my stomach. Your daily average, for some reason, yeah. it's in miles. Right. It doesn't even tell you step numbers. I don't what? understand. See, my phone is a little bit outdated. Oh, here we go. You're right. This is boring for the listeners. <laughs> Wish we hadn't, uh... No, but I'm like so excited about what it's going to be. Oh, let me tell you something really weird. Right. Your average yeah. over the last year yeah. is exactly the number of steps you've done today, which is 10,000. Okay. Uh, 
246. That's my average per day. No, I've got it wrong. Oh, I really wish we hadn't started this conversation. <laughs> this is so boring. This is, I'm so sorry. Your average per day, yeah. 6,985. Over across the year? Yeah. Slightly disappointed. My average per day, 11,000. Oh, I knew yours was going to be better. 11,870. It's, it's all that pacing up and down the living room. I don't have my phone with me in the house, ever. No, but this is before I even started thinking about it. This and is I don't a new have stairs at home. This is a new thing for me. So so on Friday of last week, yeah. I went out for a walk and I was really into it. And I thought, I want to try and hit 30,000 steps today. Right. Do you want to know how many steps I did? Go on. 28,000 and something. Right. And do you want to know what happened? What? The battery on my phone went flat, and the second that happened, I just got on a bus. (laughs) (laughs) So I just thought, what's the point? Is a step really a step if your phone's not counting it? It's like if a tree falls in the wood and there's no one there to hear it. That's very much how I feel about the steps. Well, it was worth all of that just to get to that for me. I'm feeling embarrassed. I think that was interminable. What looking up the uh, on my app how many steps I've done? Yeah, but I, I think it was a combination of your lack of knowing your way around your own phone, yeah. and then how competitive I was being, <laughs> and then me not yeah. quite being able to figure it out because you're on an operating system of on your phone that looks like it was designed by Sir Clive Sinclair in the 80s it's but let's face facts you went through all of that because you wanted to beat me and you knew and you knew <laughs> that your score was higher than mine so we went through it all just so you could feel that I moment know, of pride you're out with your pram and your dog a lot aren't you I yeah I guess I don't always have my phone on me I don't know like I said uh, alright so anyway I just feel embarrassed and I just wanted to okay. apologise okay. I mean I just think there will be any number of people who think, look, I've put up with this for long <laughs> oh, enough. This is, this is it now. All right. Uh, stories from Drifters. Distinguished Professor Kendall. I'm a hunchy, slouchy drifter. Kendall? Kendall, yeah. Like like a Ken doll, as in Barbie, or uh, like Kendall from Succession? Neither. Kendall, Not like Kendall from Succession? No, the lady one, D-Y-L. Oh, Kendall, okay. Kendall, Kendall. I'm a hunchy, slouchy drifter whose sheepish posture and refusal to take up space in the world results in muscle tension and headaches. I get fairly frequent sessions of massage therapy to alleviate the pain. Now, lying naked, allowing a stranger to touch me while also trying to relax is already a stretch, but I've made peace with it and the benefits have always outweighed the discomfort. Last week, I saw a therapist I'd only seen once before. I suspect he might be driftery too. We were uneasy with each other at our last appointment. This time, we start by chatting about what I want him to focus on at the session, and he leaves the room to allow me to undress and get under the sheet. I do so, lie back comfortably, and just as he knocks on the door to enter, I realise I still have a wad of chewing gum in my mouth. I panic and run through the options. One, politely ask one more moment of privacy. The most reasonable choice. Two, climb off the table naked and stroll to the trash can and back as nonchalantly as possible. And three, spit the gum into his hand for disposal. And four, swallow the gum. I chose to swallow the gum. Of course, yeah, yeah. Except 
I'm lying flat on my back. The wad becomes lodged at the top of my esophagus <laughs> and despite my frantic attempts at swallowing, stays there. He begins massaging me, but I'm convinced that any moment now I'm going to choke and die. No coughing yet, but it's coming. But never in a million years do I want the therapist to know I'm a disgusting person who swallows their gum. I frantically evaluate my next move. I decide to lean up a bit, clutching the sheet to my chest and feign that I have a little bit of a tickle in my throat. (laughs) My meat coughs and frantic swallowing do not work. He offers to get me a cup of water and leaves the room momentarily, momentarily to fetch it. I take the opportunity to dislodge the gum with an aggressive cough into my hand and throw it at the trash can across the room. It just barely misses. But at this point, I don't even care. (laughs) The therapist returns with water. I drink it and feign a few more weak coughs for good measure before gratefully thanking him for the effort. The rest of the massage was uneventful, thank goodness. I like the idea of a massage that makes you more tense because of your drifterish tendencies. That must be, I mean, it's niche. But I think that's not the only story we can get on that. Oh, I think see if there's something else out there. Yeah, yeah. This one's from Anon. I have been a waiter for many years and have stories of my time in the service industry that would bring your average drifter to a crippling knee should they have encountered them. For example, once I was serving a couple in a restaurant and the man got me to stand his wife on a chair and announce her birthday. He then waited for the following silence to make a speech to announce that the wife had been having an affair with his brother for the past six months. Oh my God. After this, he left, leaving her stood on the chair, looking at the birthday cake I was holding with no way of paying the bill. Oh, that's awful. I know. At 18 years old, this was quite mortifying for me to deal with. Now, Anon goes on to say that if we'd like his services as a mystery waiter who can solve all our restaurant quandaries, how to be a good dining guest, etc., He's very, very willing to volunteer for this role. For example, he says, there's a reason why we bring the bill and the card machine separately and it really irks some servers when you ask for both at once and they come off as very rude. I want to know what that reason is. I want to know as well. I mean, yeah, I I suppose, I don't know, just guessing. I think sometimes people need to figure out how to divide the bill so they need a little bit of time. But what what I can go very badly for me Mm. is I'll ask for the bill I'll get the bill and then it seems to take a very long time for them to come back with the card machine and I'm trying to get their attention and if I can't see the person who was serving me I think what if that person's gone on a break can somebody else bring me the card machine is it coming is it not coming are you allowed to ask a different person I mean we have many questions so what about we do a Quandary Corner restaurant special this is a great idea we get all the quandaries in advance and then Mm. we have them answered expertly by the mystery waiter something great great happened I popped into a place for lunch earlier on yeah just on my own mm. and um somewhere I've been loads of times it's, a, it's an Indian mini chain in London called they have them in Manchester and Edinburgh as well I think called Dishoom oh yes very nice right very so I ordered three little dishes mm-hmm. three small plates mm. and the uh the, the waitress said to me oh interesting choice I like it and I felt in that moment like I was this connoisseur. Oh! <laughs> I thought, what a great thing to say to a customer. Yeah, yeah. Like she made me of... feel like I had exceptional taste at navigating. I'd, not, I'd gone a little bit off the beaten track. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That must have felt good. Yeah, it really did. But I wonder if that's just a thing they do to make people feel good about themselves. We can find out. Don't from, care. From maybe. the mystery yes. waiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll ask for some questions on that at the mm. end. Okay, okay. At the end of the show. And this is from Punkin. I'm writing to tell the horrifically cringeworthy tale of the time I deployed the port protocol and ended up in casualty. What? 
During Yuletide, the period some may call the in-between days, I was visiting friends, drinking gin and playing with their daughters. Having been imbibing all afternoon, I was just about in the perfect frame of mind to be showing off. Rolling around on the rug with the younger child, I attempted a shoulder stand, something I would ordinarily, certainly while sober, be more than qualified to execute. On this occasion, however, my legs overbalanced and I tipped backwards over my own head. The sound which resonated from my neck was something akin to an unearthly bowl of Rice Krispies. And in my mild embarrassment, I hauled my ass off the floor and sat back down to, drumroll please, pretend it never happened. (laughs) The following morning, I could not move and rang NHS Direct, who sent an ambulance and two paramedics to strap me into an ambulance and take me to A&E. Thankfully, nothing was broken and I've since made a full recovery with the help of some rather intoxicating pharmaceuticals. I can't believe the, per- the port protocol went wrong. No, I is mean, it, it should be a fail safe. It should be. Yeah. This is this. I would like to say this is a, a very, this is a one-off. It's the exception that proves the rule. Exactly. Send us your stories, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Okay, Annabelle, a way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Part 49. The times when I'm supposed to feel something and I feel nothing. (laughs) In many ways, I'm quite an emotional person, but there are are times when I am dead inside. (laughs) I've said before that I've never felt a single emotion when I've looked at a piece of art. Any art. I've seen like bits of art over the years. Nothing. does nothing for me. Nothing moves inside of me at all. Apart from that, also... I was recently watching an episode of Kirsty and Phil's Love It or List It. Don't judge me. I don't judge you. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's good. It's got, you agree with me? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I can't believe you watch it. Yeah, Do I don't, watch, I don't it? watch it, but I've seen it. Okay, well, yeah. I'll just I'll briefly explain to those who don't know what it is. So Kirsty and Phil meet with a couple whose house isn't working for them. And one of them wants to move, but the other one wants to do some renovations. Then they do the renovations under Kirsty's guidance and then decide whether to move or not. And quite often they still move, which never makes sense to me because I spent loads of money on the house. That, that doesn't always add up for me. Yeah, I, I don't think the format is the strongest, but it's just no. nice seeing Kirsty and Phil oh, I love pretending them. to have a rivalry. Oh, I love it so much, so much. It's no George Clark's old house, new home, but it's good. Mm. It's very good. Anyway, I was watching one with my boyfriend, Tom, and I'd seen in the synopsis on the Sky page that it was a tearjerker. And I was, oh, oh, yes, please. I love having my tears jerked. Oh, yeah. And I was waiting for some tragedy and it just wasn't coming and I was getting a bit impatient. And then at one point, Kirsty said something and the woman who wanted to move was crying. And then Kirsty was crying and I looked to my side and Tom was crying, like proper tears falling and sobbing, crying. But my tears weren't being jerked because as far as I could see, all that happened was Kirsty had said, you want to feel proud of your house, don't you, Julie? You've always wanted to feel proud of your house. And Julie said, yes. And then Kirsty was crying and Julie was crying and Tom was crying. I mean, I'm getting a bit choked up. At just, <laughs> just at that. You're not. A little bit. You're really? Just, yeah, yeah. I think if I was watching that, I think I'd be there too. But I cry, I cry at anything. <gasps> I, felt no- I felt nothing. Like, why do you want to feel proud of your house? All I want to feel is 50% less ashamed about how dirty and run down it is. <laughs> I'd say that feeling proud of my house is about number 89 on my list of things that I want to feel proud of. Below the font I use, how many keys I have in my house that I don't know what they open, and my technique for drying bed linen. <laughs> I asked Tom what made him cry in an attempt to learn how to feel sad, like like maybe a robot would. (laughs) 
And he said, well, she just always wanted to feel proud of her house, but she never had and now she can. I still felt dead inside. <laughs> Here's another example. Princess Diana's funeral. You're looking at me like I'm a bad person there. Dead inside. I went to the shops that day and they were empty because everybody was watching the funeral on the television and there was a lady at the till and she served me while crying about the funeral. And all I could think was, but you don't know her. I mean, I'm assuming she didn't know her. Like, I don't think Princess Diana had many friends who were shop assistants in South End on Sea. <laughs> on the day she died, I was in France yeah. and I was backpacking around Europe, but by coach, not train. And an Australian got on the coach that morning and broke the news. And I definitely felt sad when I heard it. Mm. Like, I'm not heartless. I felt sad for her family, that she was young, that she died. But later that day, I got talking to someone French. And when they found out I was British, they said, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. I didn't know how to respond. So I milked it and looked sad and said solemnly, thank you. <laughs> but it had been a good few hours since I'd heard the news. And I was back to feeling nothing again. <laughs> Next week, though, for contrast, all the things that make my heart hurt, but I'm not sure I'm making anyone else's oh, heart hurt. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. I uh, I got carried away. Like Lady Diana oh. wasn't somebody I thought of at all, but I got very carried away by the mass hysteria. I really bought into it and so on. I had a friend who went jogging on the morning of, the morning of Diana's funeral. Mm. And as she was jogging, and it was through, I think, somewhere in London, People were driving past her, winding the windows down and shouting abuse at her because she was disrespecting <gasps> Diana we all by jogging. Mad. I mean, she wasn't jogging alongside the funeral already... <laughs> That would have been slightly disrespectful. <laughs> I would draw the line at that, yeah. yeah. This email uh, tickled me. It comes from Rebecca, ex-Imperial Mistress Rebecca, who says, Hi, Annabelle and Jeff. I'm listening to some old podcasts from the radio show. The one I'm currently listening to is the 9th of March, 2017. You are both talking about getting Annabelle's lover, Tom, to film your roundhouse show for you. Uh, the conversation really made me laugh. Suddenly, I thought to myself, what podcast is this? What year is this? <laughs> as the conversation you were having is the same as the conversation you have in a drift about the Snaresbrook <laughs> walkabout. Three years and nothing changes. It really made me laugh. Nothing changes. Well, Rebecca, you'll be laughing on the other side of your face because what did we do last Friday? We did the Snaresbrook tour. Yeah. With Tom videoing it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was a beautiful day in Snaresbrook. Wasn't it? We were lucky with the weather. Yeah. You know, there was good good light. Mm. Probably too good, I would, yeah, would have thought. Tom was really moaning about the light, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Um, but it was me and Annabelle and Annabelle's dog, Rusty. Yes. Went for a Rusty came tour. Uh, very good for cutaways, apparently, Tom was yeah, saying. Yeah, he did a few close-ups of his little yeah, face yeah. and his long beard. Uh, so we have now filmed the tour of Snaresbrook. And what, how do you think it went? Should we debrief? Yeah, I mean, I just enjoyed it. You enjoyed it, good. Yeah. Did you see some things you didn't expect to see? Yes, I did. Well, there we go. Yeah. That's good enough for me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, do we know anything about the time frame with which the uh, the, the the film is going to be edited by Tom? Yeah, I mean, how much pressure should I put on him? Well, what it seemed to me. So, I came back to your house for a cup of tea afterwards. Mm. And he seemed to be doing something with it immediately. But if he's anything like me, mm. he will have. Sort of Got excited, made a start on it, and then he'll never never go back <laughs> yeah. to it. I think he was just downloading it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Backing it up. I don't mm. know. Um, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to put a bit of pressure on him, mm. and I'm going to try and have it done by next week. 
No. Yeah, why not? Okay, well, there yeah. you go. I yeah. mean, this, this in a way, is our biggest Patreon production yet, isn't it? Well, it's, it's professionally filmed. Because anything else we've done, we've, we've... He did seem quite resentful about having... He kept using the phrase pro bono. <laughs> He did use the phrase pro bono, and he was a bit annoyed because he 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 made me carry his um his reusable coffee cup in my handbag, which made my handbag like sort of jut out an awkward angle. I felt on on camera, and because he wanted us to buy him a coffee as a thank you, but we didn't go past the coffee shop, and he was no. a bit he was a bit annoyed about that. It would yeah. have taken us off off route though, wouldn't it? Yeah, we were very much on yeah, route. Yeah, we, we were on route. Yeah, he did. He said pro bono a lot that he was yes. doing this pro bono. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard it used in that context. Really. No, no. I am worried now that the stuff in my pockets gives my trousers a weird outline. What are those sort of historical trousers that go in like that? Are they pantaloons? Oh, not sure. Do you know the ones I mean? I do know the ones yeah, you mean. Yeah. yeah so mm. anyway, that that remains to be seen. Yeah. I did. I did glimpse. Uh, whatever he was doing on his computer when we got back, this uploading, downloading, whatever yeah, you're calling yeah, it. Yeah. You know, the cam- camera doesn't like me. Oh. It doesn't. It doesn't. I asked him to use a flattering lens. <laughs> but, Should yeah. I get to put a bit of self-focus in <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm put, put self-focus on my handbag so it doesn't jut out as much. <laughs> can he CGI a different body onto me? <laughs> no, we can't. Can he, can he CGI my trouser pockets to be less bulgy, though? Is that Look, possible? The reason why I brought Rusty with me, because hopefully all eyes will be on him, because it's a dog, this... so they won't be looking at us yeah. anyway. So uh, we'll have an update. on it. it may well be the case that we'll sit here on next week's episode and say, Patreon supporters, yeah. it's it, we should have a premiere. We should do. In London's glittering West End. No, no. no I meant, <laughs> no, just like an announcement premiere. You don't want to do a red carpet? No, red carpet. Tom could make a little speech as no. the director of the, the film. No, I, I don't think it's going to be quite that much of an occasion. But it's professionally filmed. I mean, I know you did it pro bono. But... Yeah, pro bono, yeah. <laughs> but you're right, it's professionally done. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anywhere in Snaresbrook they could do a, a premiere? No. Is there a function room at the Toby Carver? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we'll just what we'll do is we'll just we'll put it on Patreon. Okay. And then if you want to, if you're not a Patreon supporter yet and you want to watch it, then all you have to do is just go and pledge a little bit of money. And yeah. You can see it, and I think it's going to be worth it. Like yeah. I, I do think we saw some pretty good things on this tour. So go to Patreon.com/stroke/adrift. <laughs> things had a date night with my wife on sunday we went to see an american comedian who was in town and uh, we we're both excited to to see this act but we were also worried because he's got a reputation for running extremely late coming on stage oh. like hours after he's due to oh god yeah that's I know. not good we got a babysitter mm. 
I don't like to be out late. Me neither. Don't like to be waiting for something to start. You no. know, there are many, many things to go wrong in the situation. As we were leaving the house, my wife put on, and I should point out this was in the middle of that storm, Kira, so it was chucking down with rain. It was very windy. My wife put on one of the coats that people might know as the artwork. Oh. For this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So if you look on the artwork to this podcast, Annabelle and I are both wearing raincoats. In actual fact, those raincoats belong to my wife and I. Uh, Sarah's is the blue one, mine is the black one. Mm-hmm. So she got the blue one on. Mm. And then as we got in the taxi, she was surprised to say, see that I hadn't put the black one on. Right. Do you know why I hadn't? Because she didn't want to look like us. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I was worried that this comedian was going to run late. We would have to get up early and leave while he was still on stage. Mm. And then he would have seen a married couple in matching coats oh. leaving his show and have annihilated us from oh. the stage. Howard, he wouldn't know Howard and Hilda the reference, would no, he? No, but no, if he had no, it done, yeah. he'd have said it. Uh, so that was that. And then the other thing is, we have a newish cleaner. Karina the cleaner. Okay. Very thorough. Good. But here's something she's doing. Yeah. She's she's decided there's a better system for our cutlery oh. than the one that oh. we, we had. Okay, can I just find out what your original system was? And if it is just chaos, I'll just have to take a few deep breaths. You don't just shove it all in like the knives, forks. Are they in separate... Yeah, of course. We're not animals. I lived with someone briefly for a month who just like threw it all in a drawer... What? Yeah, it was all. There was no c- compartment for the knives, forks, and spoons. It was all just chaos in a drawer. No, so we've got yeah. two drawers, mm. each with one of those cutlery dividers, dividers yeah, in it. Yeah, good, good. In okay. uh, historically, mm. we've always had. Oh yeah, c- interesting. Go on. Yeah. So we've we've got big cutlery and smaller cutlery. Yeah. So it's it's an actual cutlery set. So I guess it, one would be for starters and desserts the mm-hmm. little one and then the the big one is for main courses that's what it so mm-hmm. so in the main drawer yeah from left got, to right go on yeah uh, from left to right big forks right big spoons yeah big knives you finished yeah ah, ah. you're wrong this is how it should go yeah left to right yeah Sharp knives uh, that fit in it. Knives, big spoons, big forks, little spoons underneath. Mm. I don't think we've got the. I have no idea why it's like that. Because <laughs> I, th- I think the forks are the most used item. Yeah. So they should be closest to when you open that drawer. <laughs> That's, that's so the lazy. logic. It's like centimeters in it. <laughs> but no, but that's the logic. The thing that you use the most should be the most accessible. Okay, yeah. And then the other drawer, the thing closest to the edge mm. is uh, smaller spoons, including teaspoons, which you yeah. use a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it's uh, uh, small forks, then small knives. Small knives, you say? Yeah. What do you use small knives for? A starter. Oh, and a, yeah, okay. an hors d'oeuvre. I don't own a small knife. Am I failing as an adult here? Or? I'll tell you what I found the other day that I didn't even realise we had. A lot posher than I thought we... Yeah. Butter knives. You... Well, this you, is because you're Karina, married, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get that kind of thing when yeah, you're married. Yeah. So, so, so anyway, she, she has rearranged it in a somewhat... Some little bit of a liberty. Maybe they're yes. all empty and so she didn't know where they went. No, so no, because I've initiative. noticed... This is a, So I've noticed over a number of weeks mm. 
she is migrating us to her system. Her sister, interesting. Yeah, where all the spoons, big, small, and teaspoons, right, all go into the same compartment. That's a bit chaotic. Oh, awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of her system. Mm. So, what would you do if you were me? Is there anything to be done apart from just passive aggressively putting it back how I like it? Well, I think the only option really is as soon as she leaves, put it back how you like it, and then an hour before she comes, put them back how she likes it. (laughs) I do. Quandary Corner in Problematic at the Glap Clinic. Who is the first one from? Drew. Drew, you say? I have recently moved from home. Sorry. I have recently moved home from London to semi-rural Yorkshire and have been lucky enough to be allowed to stay at my job and start working from home. I need to have a landline phone hooked in at all times, so I have to spend my workday sitting in the comfort of my living room. My street is very small, a cul-de-sac with only three houses, and we are the house at the very end. Due to the size of the street, the bin men leave the empty bins at the street entrance. Here lies my problem. My neighbour keeps bringing my bin back and placing it on my drive. A very kind, neighbourly thing to do for sure. However, I'm now getting worried. He thinks I'm just being lazy, not doing it myself. Because I have to sit in the living room for work, every time he brings it back, he can see me sitting, staring at my laptop. I would get the bin myself during my lunch break. I have done once, every other time it's been returned for me. I would struggle to collect it before then, as I'm often most busy in the morning. And I'm still trying to impress my boss to convince him that me working from home is the best idea ever. How do I convey to my neighbour that I'm not just being lazy and that I can't leave my desk, aka sofa, to collect it until lunch? I feel going up to him and outright saying it that it's not in my abilities as a drifter, especially since we moved in six weeks ago and I've only bumped into him on the street once the week we moved in, in which is when we introduced ourselves. I can't go knocking on his door to say this. This feels like lunacy. On a similar note, I feel the same about the postman. Every single day, I see him bringing my post to the door. Where I sit looks right out onto our footpath and we must make eye contact most days. I never know if I'm supposed to make a polite wave or not. Maybe I need a post box at the end of the path like an American. (laughs) Any advice on how to convey that I'm not lazy and do care about the appearance of our street without seeming too needy or weird is greatly appreciated. Oh, the postman one's an interesting one because that happens to me a lot. So where the, my desk is looks out like right onto the front door, and I don't, I don't know whether it feels weird to ignore whether they want like what? What am I supposed to do? What would you do? Let's start with the postman one. Well, I think think one that applies to both. I think I'm. I think this is a Seinfeld episode where George realizes that at work people think you're busy if you just look annoyed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, if you just, so, so if you just feign an annoyed expression, they'll assume you must be very busy with something. And a good way of doing that is being on the phone and walking around in circles while sort of moving, shaking your arm aggressively. Yeah, which would be good for getting your step count up. <laughs> Back to that, are we? Um, I, th- I think in terms of... I, I think for every three times... The bins get brought back. You should be doing one of them. But you can't. He's got to stay no, next no, to his phone. No, no, no. This is this this is what I think. Okay. <laughs> Your boss understands that there. You need. You might need to go to the lavatory. Right. 
Yeah, everybody needs you to go to the You think he's laboratory. making excuses and he could easily pop out, don't you? I, I think, you do. I think if the neighbour's done it three times... So I'm saying one in four. I don't even think one in three. I'm saying the neighbour does it three times, you do it one time. So one in four. Once a month, okay. you, your boss can think... You can say, oh, I just popped to, to use the littlest room. Do people ever say that still? Mm-hmm. Is that what they call it? The littlest, the smallest room? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, because people are taking breaks in, in a work environment all the time mm. like people go out to smoke cigarettes which is funny to me Mm-mm. in that like you've got this habit <laughs> like that nobody forced on you yeah yeah and and companies say okay yeah you can you can go and stand outside and do that like but any i'm addicted habit, to twitter yeah but i couldn't go and say i'm just going to go and stand outside and look at twitter for five minutes yeah that's very interesting yeah mm. but i mean that aside yeah because I know that's not not true of all companies with cigarette breaks and stuff, but I th- I think, you know, the amount of time is probably com- comparable to a swift bowel movement, if not a, a long <laughs> urination. So I think you can go the, and do it every now and but again. The point is, he doesn't care when they come back to his house. This so is, why should he have to do it? Yeah, but this this is this is why I live in a city, right? You know, if you. <laughs> If you don't want those types of interactions right, right. and those types of little social pressures, don't live somewhere where people are neighbourly and there's a nice sense of community. Okay. So what you're saying is once a month you have to leave your desk and do it. Yeah. And does he also need to look busy on the other three times in the month by looking annoyed? Mm, no. I mean, it's, it's, it, could you wear some kind of uniform? I don't know what your job is. No, that would be helpful so to know. Kind of, yeah. I'll tell you what, maybe like a pen behind your ear. Hmm. What else looks looks busy a lot? Could you chew a pen a lot? Yeah, I think I think pretend to be on the phone and mm. and look angry. And and you would adopt that for the postman as well. <laughs> no, maybe just wave at the postman. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next one. This is from Grand Regent of the Realm, Matt. When I'm driving somewhere using my sat-nav and I know the way to the area, but not the precise address, I may prefer to use my own route to the area and then the sat-nav for the last part of the journey. This often upsets the sat-nav and it persistently tries to get me to turn the car around before giving up and rerouting me. This causes me anxiety as I start feeling troubled that I've offended the sat-nav. <laughs> what should I do? Man up and think it's only a computer or, more likely, just go with the flow of the suggested route? I mean, this is an excellent question. As as I'm listening to it, <laughs> I'm thinking, come on, you've you've got to. Uh, have you ever seen? There's an old Bob Newhart comedy sketch where he's a, a a psychiatrist, I think, some kind of doctor, and people come in and describe the problems, and he just says, "Stop it." <laughs> no, I've never <laughs> it's, seen that. It's from a different era. Uh, stop it. <laughs> it's. I mean, I feel like I've ruined the sketch for you now. Uh, at first, I was listening to it and thinking, mm, yeah, I think there's a touch of the stop it to this. Mm. And then I was thinking, because, you know, it it is only a voice in a computer. Mm. It's not getting offended. And then I was thinking about the fact that on my phone, I won't have Siri set to a woman's voice. Mm. Because I think there's something creepy about like this subservient woman do me barking orders at a subservient woman. So I've set it to the man's voice, which is it's quite annoying. Right. But I think of him as like my butler, <laughs> even though all I'm ever doing really is asking him to set a timer. Right, right. Um, so I do understand that we. I'm trying to avoid saying that word that I can never say. Anthropomorphize. Oh no! Don't say yeah, it. Yeah, I can't didn't say, say it. Yeah. No. Um, 
Anthropomorphizing. Yeah. That was good. Thanks. Um, I'm not gonna not gonna try it though. Okay, I'll only yeah. mess it up. Uh, so we all do it, and I think then extending that and putting myself in the trying to have a bit of empathy. I think I would just do as it said. I'd become, <laughs> I'd become a slave to the machine. Okay, there's your answer. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, then you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com, especially if you have anything uh, relating to behaviour in a restaurant situation, if you have any questions about restaurant etiquette, things that vex you when you're eating out, then we've got our anonymous secret waiter. Uh, I don't know, say waiter. I don't know if it's waiter or waitress. It's a waiter, I told you that I feel uncomfortable with that word. Waiting Did we talk about this last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's a question. I mean, mm. maybe well, yes. he could answer that for yeah. me. So, what, should we do the special in a couple of weeks, saying something like that? Yeah, so yeah, we want great. to collect a few of those. So, uh, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Same number if you've got a story to share with us. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music, and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music, and to everybody else who, at one stage or other, helped us uh, get this podcast up on its feet. And just to finish. Why don't we compare how many steps oh we God. did, not no. over the year, no. but over the last month? <laughs> no. Podication time. You ready for this? I am. Comes from Ian from Bridge of Weir near Glasgow. Sounds nice there. Yeah, I've forgotten what a weir is. It's something to do with the water isn't or a it? dam or something, yeah, isn't it? Water. Yeah, it's water. Is it a little dam? A little dam? I don't know. Body of water. Anyway, um, he says, hi there. Hi. Hi. There. I was wondering if it was possible to request a podication for my wonderful wife, Rebecca, with an exclamation mark. Mm. She's like, wham. Yay. Uh, on the 15th of February, we will celebrate our first wedding anniversary and she would love nothing more than to have a podication from her favourite podcast hosts. Oh, honoured. I think you may have underestimated the appeal of a spa day. <laughs> oh. uh, Rebecca and I got together in 2014 after having been friends for quite some time before. I was always an avid listener to your show on Absolute Radio and tuned in whenever I was in the car. Rebecca, however, only discovered the show in the early days of our relationship and fell in love. For the first year or two of our relationship, Rebecca would set an alarm for your show and we would drive around aimlessly just to listen to you guys. That's so nice. No, it's just the nicest thing. Until you deserted us. I mean, I don't know where in relation to Glasgow Bridge of Wearers, but just get a little bit outside Glasgow, some of the most beautiful scenery on earth, and then us wittering on in the background. It's hard to imagine. Detracting from it, the, the majesty of it. I know. Um, she listens to the podcast religiously and reads Annabelle's book over again at least once a month, still laughing heartily each time. I didn't, I didn't edit that bit out, book sales. <laughs> Come on, everyone. It sounds like it's good, right? I mean, yeah. You can still get you, it on Kindle. And you can. it's so good that you can read it once a month. I, I find that amazing. I'm very happy. 
As well as being our first wedding anniversary on the 15th of February, Rebecca will also be three years free of cancer after being diagnosed with melanoma in early 2017. The only thing I could think of to top it being our anniversary and a milestone of good health was to get a podication from her favourite hosts and wondered if you could help me out. Do you feel Ian has distanced himself? <laughs> <laughs> it's very much about Rebecca liking us now, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. He, he got her hooked on it, yeah. but he, he, he maybe weaned himself off. Sounds a little bit like yeah. that, yeah. She really is the most wonderful person and I love her with all my heart. Well, firstly, just congr- congratulations on the wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. What is your first anniversary paper? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the three years cancer-free, just wonderful. Yes. Um, it's just all good news. This, this is all great. Congratulations, the both of you. Rebecca, thank you very much for sticking with us. Ian, thank you very much for still dipping in every now and again to indulge <laughs> Rebecca, reading between the lines. Um and I, I hope you still go, you know, even if you're not listening to podcast, still hope you go on those lovely drives. Mm. Got an auntie, man, Eileen and Uncle Mick, they go on a drive. I think uh, every Monday night they go and get chips from the chippy, yeah. go on a little drive and then sit up on a hill and look at, look down at the twinkly lights of the town just uh, in the 70s. That's so yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like a podcast, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.